and I thought the composition and how it looked just looked really cool. I liked the perspective on it. So I was like, I'll paint this. There's my bird clock. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm keeping that in. That's right. <laughs> I was like, wait, is it a real bird? <laughs> no, no, it's my bird clock up there. But, wait, yeah. is every hour yes, like a different yeah, bird yeah. noise? Now it's 2 o'clock. Oh, so you know why <laughs> yeah. the bird noise? Yeah. Welcome to Artifacts. I'm your host, Marissa Dickens, and today's guest is a tech-savvy gadget lover. He loves all things gadgets. He does video games, D&D, and he's a great pizza maker. And last but not least, he's a visual artist. Please, wherever you're listening, help me welcome Wyatt Mika. Hello, Marissa. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Thanks for coming. So Wyatt and I work together at a little pizza joint called Charlie's Pizza. And there, that's how I get to know how he makes his pizzas. And there we talk about art. And I was introduced to his artwork. And so I thought this was a great platform for him to come on. And we can have this discussion. So... Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah? Okay. So I always like to start in the beginning because I feel like a lot of what, you know, the art we're into today is kind of inspired by what we did when we were younger and maybe a little nostalgia aspect oh, yeah. of it. So when you were younger, what were your early exposures to art? Was it just like a school art class? From the beginning, uh, I was really interested in art when it was about elementary school and I had um, a really close friend. His name is uh, Lucas Moulton, and he is actually the one who got me into art. It was uh, first into Pokemon. We, we, we liked Pokemon, and we liked the um, design language of Pokemon. Mm. And um, specifically, I think it was uh, the Ruby Sapphire generation. After that, I started making very rudimentary like drawings. Very rudimentary. <laughs> with um, like... Uh, knights in armor and similar stuff like that and that was just on my lined paper you know in school it was summer of uh, 2011 is when I went to Mr. Bob's class which was uh, in um, For the Love of Art <clears throat> his name is Robert Shearer and he used to um, teach at the I don't know if he was a University of Toledo teacher or if he would just taught at the museum just in general, but he taught at the museum, and uh, he got his own uh, place on the corner of um, Savinia, Savinia, called For the Love of Art, and that's where I've been taking classes ever since summer 2011, and that's when I really started um, taking uh, art seriously, that's when I really got serious about the art, and um, he first taught me colored pencils. This one's actually my most recent um, animal picture. I um, loved making birds. Why did you like making birds so much? Is it or that, I, why was that the animal? I don't know why. It's just it was an interesting topic for me to do. I just they were just so they're simple shapes, and um, this is actually my first drawing oh, in wow. Mr. Bob's class. Oh, it's nice. the it's the dragon drawing, and mm -hmm. um, he that's when he taught me color pencil, and I told him. I was a young, young kid at the time, you know, um, and I told him that I like to make, you know, I, I want to draw dragons. That's why I told him. 
because I was into fantasy. I still am into fantasy, you know, D&D, I, I do that. Um, but <clears throat> I, I I'm su- was super into fantasy, and I wanted to draw dragons. And he's like, okay, well, um, and I specifically only wanted to do graphite. He's like, well, you, we have colored pencils, too. And I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. It seems like he, you were wanting to do all this fantasy and things, but he was kind of like, let's take you back yeah. to reality yeah. and yeah, let's yeah, do yeah. animals first. He probably thought to himself that, yeah, you know, he really likes this dragon stuff, but if we start to work him into more reality stuff, more, more realistic, and then um, eventually I got to the point where I made that Tuscan street, mm-hmm. the Tuscan village. And that's when he uh, started introducing me to um, watercolor. So the, are these pictures that you took of these animals and then you just drew them? Or were mm. they just from like, okay, no. I know what a bird is, so I'm just going to draw a bird? No, yeah. Um, these are not pictures. Most of these painting pictures um, I can't sell because mm-hmm. mostly from magazines, okay. calendars. So for these beginning you know, drawings with a colored pencil. Mm-hmm. What was he trying to get you to focus on in these? Oh, um, it's very much... Uh, he A big philosophy of Mr. Bob's is um, shape, not name. Uh, you draw the shape, you don't draw the name. When you when you think of... Uh, I'll take an example of the, an eye, like an eyeball. Mm-hmm. In, your, in your head, when you think of an eye, you picture something. And then when you try to draw it, you try to draw what your head is seeing, but... That's really hard to do. It never really comes out. So when you're looking at a picture and you're looking at the eye and you think to yourself, oh, that's an eyeball. I know what that looks like, so I'll go ahead and draw it. That's not how it works. You draw what you see. You draw the shape of the eye. You don't, like, it's, <clears throat> if you try to draw the name, it's not going to come out right. You draw the shape that you see. That's really what he was trying to teach me was, like, you know, don't draw a beak. Draw this like weird curved triangle thing and then make it look like a beak. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So how long did you work with color pencil then before you got into watercolor? Oh, that's um, that's a question I don't know the answer to. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> but um, it, it must have been somewhere around 2016. Okay. Somewhere around there, 2016, mm-hmm. 2017, is when um, Mr. Bob said, that's when I finished my um, Tuscan landscape. And then once I finished that, that was like really detailed. And, so yeah. the Tuscan one, going back to that, is that all, that's all colored pencil? All of it's colored pencil. Wow. I, I think that's my favorite, which yeah. all these paintings and artworks and will, are going to be on the Artifacts website for reference. But this one, first of all, I love, like, I love architecture and I love mm-hmm. that little street that you created. He's pulling up a picture right now of it. Here you are. That's all colored pencil. All of it, yeah. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> the gravel is so detailed. The walls, even that front door. Like how, where do you even start with something like this? What was your source? What was, talk about this specific the, piece. The, the source process. was um, a calendar picture. Okay. And um, the process of it, you start with uh, like I said, you you it's very general shapes. General shapes first is one of Mr. Bob's rules. You know, you you don't. I feel like he's his guru. We're like Mr. Yeah, Bob. Yeah. Like, is he? <laughs> he he is. <laughs> Dude, it it was fun back when I was on the um, I'm on the Tuesday class now. He has different classes. Mm-hmm. I used to be on the Wednesday high school class, and um, 
you know, we we would always poke fun of them at his rules, but they're they're very good to follow. And you know, uh, general big shapes first. Like the the street here, you don't want to put in every little detail at first. You want to, you know, generally get the shape of the street, and then you just keep on adding details as you go along. And then eventually, when you're happy with it, then you start putting in your color. And you know, um, with color pencil, it's light colors first, because with a light with a lighter color, if you start with like a white, you always start with white first. Because if you accidentally go over the white with another color, like a darker one, you can have get a get a knife or a scraper and you can scrape off the wax and then that white will still be underneath. Mm -hmm. If that white wasn't there to protect it, then well, you just ruined your light spots. Mm -hmm. So light colors first is the name of the game when it comes to colored pencils. So then watercolor, talk about those works. Because this is what you're still working right now. Mm -hmm. Is that yeah. your favorite medium? So far it is. Um, I used to hate watercolor. I hated it with a passion. <laughs> and I hated it with a passion because uh, I was impatient. When you work with watercolor, you have to be pretty patient. And you have to wait for the watercolor to dry. Because then it'll bleed. Mm -hmm. And um, I wasn't a big fan of that. And I just... I didn't want to... Uh, I didn't realize that it would be so drastic, the bleed. So I was like, ah, I don't like it. <laughs> but, um, you know, he, he, Mr. Bob taught me how to do watercolor. I, I reluctantly agreed to him. He said, hey, you should, you should go ahead and try watercolor. I was like, I don't, I don't want to. And he's like, like, just go for it. I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> A lot of these watercolors are landscapey, picturesque, mm -hmm. scenic yeah. images. Are these pictures that you've taken? Um, this one specifically, this is the one, um, the Caribbean one over the, over the water, uh, for those of you uh, listening, um, so that you can check them out. This one was another calendar picture. My most famous, uh, not my most famous, but the one that people like the most, the, the Maid of the Mist. Yes. If you wanted me to grab that. <clears throat> my Niagara Falls painting. This was taken by Mr. Bob's grandmother. He said that I can do whatever this picture with what I want. I could sell it uh, mm -hmm. if I want. So this is probably my the one that people look at and go, ooh and ah, the most. It's very, mm -hmm. when you look at it, it's just like the expansiveness. Mm -hmm. Like, wow. It's just, wow. I think what really cemented my, my love for... Um, landscape is that is that Tuscan one with that uh, color pencil one that I did I don't know it's just it's just interesting to see nature in like a like some coming from someone's mind in my opinion that's very interesting to me and um, yeah it's just I just like to take uh, cool, interesting pictures of nature, and then um, I'll paint them to my best ability. There are. It looks realistic, but in the sense, it's still like a little. You know, it's it's watercolor. I, I have qualms with hyper realistic paintings and drawings, and I think I've mentioned this to you before at work. But if something is super hyper realistic, it's like oh. I I appreciate the. Um, not talent, the skill that goes into it. The, the skill, it's it's amazing skill. It, it looks like a photograph, but that's the problem, too. It looks like a photograph. It looks too, it looks too real, so it's like you can't see the, the actual 
I don't want to say effort, but it's too pristine. Sometimes things are too pristine. It, it, yeah, it's like you, you're not giving me any information on the artist. You know, you look at a Van Gogh painting and it's not realistic at all, but you know it's Van Gogh. You know, you look at a Van Gogh and it's just like, wow, there's very bold strokes and very, you know, if you've ever seen a painting of his in real life, the, the, the oil is so thick, it's almost like a sculpture. It, it, it gives it this personality. When you paint something or draw something super, super, super photorealistically, it's the personality is it's lost on me. So what are you working on right now? Um, well, right now I'm working on. Mm -hmm. uh, this was when I was up in um, I was in the UP of uh, Michigan, and uh, the. There's a lake called Big Springs, and the full name of it is like Kitch Itty Kippy. <laughs> it's, a, it's a funny name. And uh, I took this picture, and the reflection was really neat. I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and try w painting this. And well, here we are. Um, the top, the non-reflective side is pretty much almost completely done. The reflective side is what I'm working on now, and I also have to finish up the reflection on the gondola there. This is so intricate. How many different shades of green? <laughs> Too many. <laughs> Too many. And on the sides, you can see all, like, you're trying to figure out the colors mm -hmm. on the sides. and. Well, with watercolor, you get, like, five greens, and then you got to mix them with other colors to get your own. Are you going to move up to a different medium after oh. this? Yeah. Um, I mostly do watercolor nowadays, but I'm going to move up to uh, oils probably after after my current one's done. Now, I don't like oils. That's what you said about but watercolors. But that's why I said about watercolors. Exactly. So I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to give it a fair shot. Talk about, you You do have a couple, like, I do. black and white works. Uh, I think there's one that's charcoal, and then, like I said before, there's one that's water-soluble sol graphite. Here's the charcoal one. So charcoal is a self-portrait. Yeah. You got to explain this one. So... <laughs> Just, this is my, as, a, as a viewer's description. It's a self-portrait of Wyatt, um, grabbing his from his head from behind with this, and you see his three fingers coming up from behind his head, or it could not be his fingers. Maybe it's someone else's fingers. I don't know. My fingers. Your fingers, and his face is um, tied and up in like chains, like they're just kind of tied up around your face, and you have one eye staring at the viewer. Um, so talk about the inspiration for this piece. So this piece is a, um, it was a school project. I think it was fundamentals of drawing or drawing one or something. It was something like that in the, um, in, uh, UT. And, uh, this was our charcoal piece, but she wanted us to do a self-portrait, but it had to not be like us just staring into the camera. It had to be something interesting, something cool, something weird, something inspiring, something inspired. So um, I thought to myself at the time, uh, this was in 17, 18, 2017, 2018. And uh, at the time I was, you know, I, I don't know, I felt like I was holding myself back but with just my prospects of the future. So I thought to myself, 
holding myself back. Uh, there's my hand, you know. What if I, what what would it it would be cool if I was holding a a chain, literally holding myself back. So um, the then the idea came up. So then the process started, and I didn't have a, you know, I didn't have jumbo chains at hand. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that stuff on hand. So what I had to do was I took a um, I took a belt mm-hmm. and I wrapped it around my head. And I held it in place, and I took my, a picture of myself doing that, and I just replaced the belt with a chain, and I had to do a lot of guesswork in between the chain. When we did our school critique, there was some some people said that, you know, the hands, you can't really tell that's my hand. If you look closely, you can see that this is my arm, and it's coming I, up. Yeah, which I think is fine, because on one, one person may think, oh, it's his hand. Other people might think, okay, maybe it's someone else. Mm-hmm. Is there a deeper meaning, like, who is holding them back? I was given some good good critiques, too. It was good and constructive criticism. They said that, you know, maybe if my hand was out here with the chain, like, actually, like, almost really holding myself back, not just holding my head, but really, you know, taut, mm-hmm. then that could be a little bit more impactful. But once I started it, um, there, there was just... I took the picture, and that's just how my hand was, so that's how I did it. Mm-hmm. I I personally think it really came out really well. My face, just me in general, is very scratchy. And then if you look at the chain, it's smooth. Mm-hmm. And um, I at first I wanted that just to be a distinction so you could just tell the chain between my face. But um, I looked into it a little bit more and I thought that maybe like... My life is was like rough... So my, my me, I'm rough, but then the chain is the thing that's holding me back. The better future, the it's it's myself. So that's just kind of how it worked out. We talked about this before. This idea, I always say, oh, I could never draw or paint. Like I'm not, I don't have that innate talent. Mm-hmm. But I think I was thinking about this. If someone told me, well, I can't dance, well, I say anyone can dance. You just gotta practice and I think everyone has their own internal groove but when it comes to specifically visual art in regards to painting watercoloring drawing do you have to have an innate talent well my biggest inspiration when it comes to my art is probably and it's pretty cliche but it's probably Bob Ross (laughs) yes I was gonna ask about Bob Ross it's it was it's probably Bob Ross and the reason why it's Bob Ross is because back when I started really seriously focusing on my art back with that dragon dragon picture. Um, he, you know, I started watching some of his stuff, and he said that, you know, anyone can paint. Anyone can paint. And, in, you know, an extension of that is anyone can create art. You just have to practice enough at it. He never really said that, but that's kind of the jive I got off of mm-hmm. him when he said that. You, there is... There is talent. There is talent out there. I, I, but when it, like, when I think of talented people, I think of people who can pick up on art terms and arts logic and arts, you know, oh, if I put this dark color behind here, it'll make this come out a little bit more. Um, stuff like that. Like if you look at this picture here. They're a little, they're, they are a little more intuitive to... They the learn. They, of, they pick yeah. up quicker. 
So when they pick up the the information faster, I think that's pretty talented. But you don't you can get that skill yourself by practice. Just you just gotta keep practicing. It, it's it's talented when people pick it up really quickly, but I think you can just be as skillful as it at it if you just keep working at it. You know, it's like I never my rudimentary drawings back in um, elementary school. I didn't let those bring me down because they were so bad. I did not have talent. I don't have talent. <laughs> See, because, I would think you do though because yeah. I'm someone who cannot naturally pick up a pencil and say, "Hey, I want to draw a Pokemon today." Or I, you know, it's like I said, those those drawings of those knights in armor and the the lines paper drawings. They were bad. <laughs> to, to put them to put them bluntly, they were pretty bad. But you know, you just got to find the right teacher to push you along the right path. And once you start picking up some of the more advanced, you know, art techniques, I guess, then you just start learning and learning, and you keep learning and you keep honing your skill, and eventually you come up with something like this, hmm. the the Quantumon River. I'm shifting gears a little bit. Do you think video games are art, or there's art in video games? Video games are an art, because if you, there, it's both. I believe in both, because when it comes to, you know, when you model your characters or you model your world or whatever, that that's artistic in itself. You know, you gotta you gotta model the mountains or you got to model the the. The, the, the cathedral of dark souls or whatever you know um you that's art in itself because it's like 3d modeling and there's that blender and I, I use blender at least i'm sure you know professionals use higher end stuff maybe uh, i don't want to say maya but but yeah they use higher ends professional uh, software and that is art in itself but when it comes to the actual game itself, like the story, there's... <clears throat> you can argue that some video games aren't and some are not. There's this game that I played recently that really, it, it, it like, it's awe-inspiring. It's, it's, it's very cool. It's a, it's a cool game. Mm -hmm. I love Very immersive, probably. And I, I, love, I love puzzle games, and th this... <clears throat> If anyone who has ever played the Mist games will, you know, agree with me here that um, the Mist games are very, uh, you know, they're very puzzle oriented. Uh, they don't hold your hand. They're intricate puzzles, like very intricate puzzles. Uh, but there's a game that kind of came from that genre. It's called The Witness. The Witness is it's it's an art. It's an art. The The Witness. It's a it's another puzzle game, and you there are panels all over this island that, that are like you have to. There's this dot that you have to bring across a grid, and you have to finish this, uh, go to the end. But there's a whole bunch of different modules, and and there's a whole bunch of these other, these puzzles, and they in, actually start integrating into each other. And um, as you go through this world, there's the story that starts to. It's not really a story, but at the end of the game, there's this mountain with that you reach, that you go into, and there are these like petrified people. Spoilers, I guess. 
there are these petrified people who are on this mountain and you start thinking to yourself well how did this happen and all this stuff came from the creator's mind like it's never even explained but it really makes you think and um there are these little recorders that you can find all over the island and you can you can start listening and it's like wise words from you know it'll be this narrator saying wise words from like Carl Sagan or something like that you know mm-hmm. but you know it's very inspiring and I think the games like that are are art like what about that the witness then distinguishes it from other games like pinpoint like when you when you think of a game called you know Gears of War it's like very <laughs> It's very, you know, muscly big guys and they have guns with chainsaws on them and it's like, well, is that really art? There's a story to it, but, you know, and I I wouldn't, I'm a schmaltzy idiot. Yes, I think it's art. (laughs) (laughs) I, I believe movies and video games are a form of art, but it's like... There's that argument there. Like I said, you, you can have that argument. I, I think there are. There's a point where it's artsy. You know, I, I like to say this a lot: artsy fartsy, because mm-hmm. you know, it's like it, it, art. It all depends on how the art makes you feel, and you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But um, Gears of War is very R-rated and very bloody, very gory. And that's, you know, some people like that in their video games, but when it comes to it being an art, of course you had to model your game world, but then there's the story, it's like, it might be generic or whatever. And I think the line that draws, if it's art or not, I if it's like, if I know what where the story's going or where I know where the... point if it's not enticing to me if it's not if it doesn't draw me in if it's not inspired if it's not inspiring then i can be like oh well you know maybe this person didn't even try they wanted to make a quick buck a cash grab whatever it's not really artistic but if someone really puts their whole soul into their game keep you watching yeah that's the word that's the word i think what you're looking for is passion whether it's um and uh, like a visual piece of art with watercolor, paint or whatever, mm-hmm. or a video game, mm-hmm. or in a dance, if that person has passion and you can see it, that becomes inspiring. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I, I think so. So what advice would you give people then who want to pursue like art in general or the work that you're doing? Like, what would you say? Find a good teacher. Don't give up just because you like don't fully it doesn't fully click with you if if you want it if 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 art is really what you want to go into uh drawing painting maybe even game design keep at it don't give up find the right teacher um and it's getting the right teacher isn't just going onto google and how do i model a how do I model a bridge in Unity? You know, how do I model this in Blender? It's it's not just that you have to, if it's face to face, especially it's it's just that much more personal. It's just that much more impactful because then you can see how he or how she, you know, works a brush or you know, 
takes the mouse and you know makes their model just don't give up on it keep going keep going a lot of arts keep persevering Mm -hmm. and And it's a learning process like with all your works you definitely see an improvement and i think more and more you're seeing your style come into play and how you that's the biggest thing yeah here's my first picture i'm showing her the dragon picture and then here's my latest finished picture the taquanamon falls so besides art talk about like halloween costumes well um you you know when you came into here uh, through the garage you saw the there was the happy halloween sign Mm -hmm. and i think it said happy halloween and that's all stuff that um my stepdad andy did he um he 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 usually i don't think he's doing it anymore because he's too old but (laughs) (laughs) sorry andy um he he doesn't like it when i call him old but anyway um when he he was all in on uh halloween stuff and Mm -hmm. making things he he made pirate ships and i showed you pictures of those and um you know lights everywhere and music going on and we're all dressed up uh, according to theme and we did a um it's like literally the most famous movie of all time, and I can't remember it. Um, Wizard of Oz, Yellowbrook Road. Yeah, 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 yeah Wizard yeah. of Oz. Um, we did Wizard of Oz, and I was the Tin Man, and uh, my um, uh, my aunt was the the Wicked Witch, and my mom was the Good Witch, and Andy was a uh, Flying Monkey, and <laughs> as he, you know, you know Andy, he's a pretty funny guy, yeah. as he would be the <laughs> Flying Monkey. So, um, yeah, he. He really got me into more, I guess, physical art, if you will. I think our last biggest one was that um, steampunk ship with the yes, the with steampunk the, with with the tentacles coming up. And you guys created that? Oh yeah, um, we created the tentacles and um, all from scratch. We we got chicken wire and we, you know, made a circle of chicken wire at the bottom for the base, and then the chicken wire just kind of came closer and closer together at the top until it got the very top which then we got like some ventilation hose you know that silvery mm-hmm. hosing and we put uh masking tape all over it we painted it like the red the for the tentacles mm-hmm. and we put uh you know suction cups on there to make them look like kraken tentacles and then there was the steampunk ship the original idea was to make a hot air balloon steampunk ship we were thinking about how we were going to do that. And um, the idea was we would just get a whole bunch of balloons and fill up like the, a sheet so it looked like a balloon. You would need a lot of balloons for that so that mm-hmm. did not turn out. But it, it still looked cool and we had fog everywhere. And, you know, I had the steampunk glasses and I made my face all dirty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it was it was cool. It was really cool. That would be really cool if you could do like, I don't know if you'd be interested in but like, costuming or prop making or so i might be interested in prop design Mm -hmm. uh but i'm not into the theater scene anymore Mm -hmm. that when i went to high school uh i was part of tech crew for Mm -hmm. theater so i was a sound guy uh spotlight guy stuff like that but then after that kind of died out then i just been doing traditional art ever since so um so aren't you also besides aren't you taking graphic design classes Yes. As well at school? 
the dream is to become a graphic artist. As much as I've been talking about my traditional art, my, my dream, I, I like techie stuff, as Marissa said in the beginning, and I like art. So mix them together, mm-hmm. graphic design. Which makes sense for you, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, logo design is very interesting to me, and, um, you know, game design even is kind of interesting, even though I don't think I'll get into that all that um, hardcore. Maybe, like, some little things here and there like for example i'm i've been playing vr chat so i made a i made a model for vr chat that i use you know little things like that that's when i actually started learning how to use blender but um mostly logo design and uh you know advertising stuff like that marketing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that might be what i'm want to get into are you ready for rapid fire questions no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're, we're done. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Favorite visual artist? What's his name? It's a sculptor. Uh, f- famous, maybe not sculptor, but he does 3D art. Um, I think his name is Marco Polo de, de something. In, um, in the um, University of Toledo, he made uh, Blubber. The museum, the, the tire swing. Mm-hmm. That's he made that. Oh wow! Yeah, interesting. Uh, my, I didn't know that. I think his name is like Marco Polo de. He's probably my favorite three D visual. But if I if I have to give my favorite painter, it'd probably be um, Go Van Gogh. Do you have a favorite work of Van Gogh? Um, I like it. I like the one that's here at Toledo. Uh, the 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 wheat field. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it's called. I think it's called the wheat field. I'm not 100% sure on that. You kind of touched on this, but who or what inspires you? Besides Bob Ross, who else or what else? That's a hard question. Um, obviously Ross. My teacher, uh, Mr. Bob, he inspires me. He, he makes really good art. Um, there are some YouTube creators out there that really like... Their personality is very mellow. Uh, for example, one I'm going to just throw out there, his name, um, Internet Alias, is called Brutal Moose. Cool guy, he's very mellow. And um, when it comes to, like, video, streaming, stuff like that, he's something I would be um, that I would look to for inspiration. His editing style is very fun. It's very interesting. And um, I guess my parents do. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's another cliche answer. Uh, parents wanting you to. I, I'm blessed to have my parents. They're like, you know, do what you want, but just make sure that you're making a living. Don't chase. Um, don't chase ghosts. You know, don't chase something that isn't obviously not happening. But try to do it. Favorite period in art history. Marissa, why would you do this? I'm sorry. <laughs> I like the uh, I like the Renaissance because it's um, there's there there was a shift in how art was created. It's um, it was more towards realism and more towards like realistic perspectives and stuff like that. And as we talked about before, the perspective like a lot of that was. Um, 
very heavily influenced there, architecture, stuff like that. That's uh, really beautiful paintings that came out from that era. And it's just, it's my favorite. Favorite color <laughs> to draw with or to work with? Favorite color to work with or just in general? Both. Okay, so in general, um, I like the color red and I like the color green, but funny enough, I don't like them together. It's like Christmas. Yeah, it's like yeah. a Christmassy. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with like a Christmas, but it's like festive. Like, because, you know, obviously I like the color green. I have lots of greenery in my paintings and pictures. And I think the color red is very, you know, like we were talking about monochrome before. It's very impactful. It has a very strong feeling, uh, emotions towards it. I also really like the um, color purple a lot because, you know, when you think of blue, you think of sadness or you think of yellow, it's happy joy and or, you know, warmth. And you think of red and you think hot, angry. But when you think of purple, what do you think of? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really I, no, like it's interesting. To, it's not really a mood to associate with. It's cool. It's it's like <laughs> it's like a mysterious color. Like, what do you what 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 comes to your mind when you think of purple? It's hard to figure out. That's why I like it. It's it's pretty interesting. But um, those are my favorite colors in general. But my favorite color to work with is probably green. Green. Yeah, mm -hmm. I like green. There's just so many different types of shades of green that you can get into. It's, uh, you know, natural. It's a natural color. And um, except neon green, which is which is actually, it's interesting. It's it, That's why green screens, why they're green, is because bright neon green doesn't, um, usually never, ever occurs in um, nature. Like um, I didn't know that. Yeah, bright neon green doesn't occur in nature. Like It doesn't happen naturally. So that's why green screens exist, so that when you put a background image on your green screen, there's very little chance that it'll have that neon green, so it'll chroma key out. Hardest and easiest part for you when you're doing your work? The hardest part is um, finding the correct colors. Uh, there's this tool that Mr. Bob has us use, um, and it's called CID, C-I-D color identifying device and um it's it's a strip of paper and it has a bunch of holes punched out of it so and in the it's you can put up the hole up to your um the picture that you're um that you're measuring from or that you're taking your colors from and you can it isolates that color so you can find it easier like maybe this maybe this color looks green but when you put your isolating device up to it it's actually more yellowy you know that's probably the hardest the easiest part is um probably the drawing bit just because once you finish out off your sketch like like i said general shapes mm -hmm. very simple to do you don't need to get super detailed and once you get your general shapes in then you start putting in your color last question how would you describe your style, your artistic style, in three words or less? Natural, lush. That's about it. That's about it. <laughs> Natural and lush. Yeah. I like it. Two words. Well, you can check out all of Wyatt's work on the Artifacts website. There will be a link of the things we talked about so you can kind of have a little more reference. 
And um, you can follow Wyatt on Facebook. Correct, Wyatt yeah, Makeup. I would, I would say so. So you can um, see what he's doing, updates and stuff, what he's working on. Um, but that is a wrap for the ninth episode. Thank you so much, Wyatt, for coming on. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, Marcy. And yeah, just stay tuned for the month of April. I'm going to have another artist come on and do another interview. So thanks everyone for listening and peace out. Bye.